Recording live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will burning, head turning, ass kicking, machismo dripping, master podcasting mouthpiece of the Southeast, Brandon A. Lane bringing you a special edition of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. The month of March brings to mind many things ranging from leprechauns and St. Patrick's Day festivities, but to sports fans, this month is hallowed because of March Madness, where Division One college basketball teams duke it out for supremacy. Here at the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, we may not be so much for sports, but we love our heavy metal. And in 2021, we begin a new tradition in the style that famed NCAA single elimination tournament with a hard rocking twist. Myself and the Rant Army will album by album, song by song, whittle down the original Black Sabbath catalog to decide which head-banging anthem will reign supreme. Album by album, each panelist will have two minutes to argue their pick for the best song, and the tune with the most votes will advance in the tournament. Now, in the event that each panelist picks a different song, there will be an elimination vote, and the two remaining songs will be voted on with one moving to the next round. This will continue until there is only one song left standing. Each album and song will be designated a random number to correlate with its bracket position to keep the matchups as unbiased as possible. So crank up the volume to 11 and let's go crazy. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Hey, assholes! It's me, Boner the Skeleton, mascot of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. Here to sell you some shit you probably can't afford. Are you low on cash? That's not a problem. Sell your children. Sell your blood. Go to the jack-off clinic and give them a sperm sample. We don't care how you get the money as long as you give it to us. Want a t-shirt? Want a sticker or a mug to show that you're a true friend and a member of the Rant Army? Well, guess what? Go to Rant Army Surplus. The link is in the description. And if you don't buy something, then fuck ya! Guitar maestro Tony Iommi, legendary bassist Geezer Butler, drumming titan Bill Ward, and the Prince of Darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne. Singularly, they stand as icons. Together, they become rock gods. Few composers, artists, or bands can boast that they invented a musical genre. However, in 1970, with three demonic notes, the boys from Birmingham, England, opened the mouth of hell and gave birth to the greatest form of music known to mankind or otherwise, heavy fucking metal. Fifty years later, no band has touched their sacred sonic riffs, the haunting lyrics, or the pounding rhythms. Tonight, we crank the dial to 11 as we pit Sabbath Song against Sabbath Song, but only one can win Heavy Metal heavy March metal Madness. I'm your host, Brandon A. Lane, and I'm ecstatic to introduce our competitors from the Western Division. Sitting high in the number one bracket position, we have 1973's melodic metal masterpiece, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. But not to be outdone, we also have the hugely underrated Sabotage from 1975, sitting in the number three bracket. Next from the Western Division is an album that requires no introduction and stands as Black Sabbath's best-selling album of 1970. In the number five bracket position, we have Paranoid, and last, but certainly 
certainly not least, we have another heavy hitter from 1971, Master of Reality, coming in at the number seven bracket position. Tough competition in the West, and there's bound to be some stiff competition on the field, but let's not forget about the juggernaut that is the Eastern Division, so let's check them out now. The number two bracket of the Eastern Division boasts 1972's Titan of Doom Metal, known as Volume 4, and bringing up its rear is the polarizing final album of the classic lineup, 1978's Never Say Die, holding strong in the number four bracket position. Equally as polarizing, coming in at number six bracket position, we have Technical Ecstasy from 1976, and our final entry into the qualifying round for the Eastern Division of Heavy Metal March Madness is the record that started it all, 1970's debut self-titled hard rock masterpiece known as Black Sabbath. Eight albums, 67 songs, but only one can reign supreme. So, with that in mind, let's get ready to rock! All right, Rant Army, Heavy Metal March Madness is upon us. Myself, Fat Tony, Fat Fuck Scott, we have all agreed to the rules and we are willing to draw blood depending on our personal picks for the best Black Sabbath songs. Civilly, of course. But first, we are going to uh, get the ball rolling. We need to take a step back and explain what Black Sabbath means to each of us. So, Scott, you want to take us, uh, first of all, what does Black Sabbath mean to you? They are the core, the heart, the soul, the beginning, the bedrock of metal, the greatest music of all time. (laughs) Fat Tony, what does Black Sabbath mean to you? Black Sabbath is my all-time favorite band, bar none, seeing them... Fully reunited, because I saw the 97 when it was three quarters for a mini set. Seeing them fully reunited in 1999 is still one of my all-time favorite memories. I cried like a girl watching the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. I told my girlfriend at the time not to touch me. There, There is no other band. If I talk about favorite bands, I always have to say, well, aside from Black Sabbath. You know, because there's none. There's no band to me that touches them. Uncontested, my all-time favorite band is Black Sabbath. And the dividing rod between you and I is that, I mean, and it's not to take away from the latter aspects of Sabbath, but you are more of a... The core first eight albums and, yes. and 13. And the, thir- the, the Aussie era Black Sabbath. And I really love the entire catalog. I love Glenn Hughes, my all-time favorite singer. I'm probably the odd man out, but I love Born Again. Mm. Yeah, Sh- shitty production are. and all. Terrible production. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about how you like the uh, the latter aspects of Sabbath as well, Scott. It wasn't like... I. It wasn't until, like, I guess I aged a little bit more and became a little more refined that I started experimenting more with Sabbath because I just... I did not experience anything past just Ozzy for a long time. Then, as I grew, you t- my face grew. You tipped your, you dipped yeah. your toe in like a like a girl who's bi curious in college. Exactly. You're, like exactly. I want to, I want to know what this Ozzy stuff is all about. And now I'm full on scissoring <laughs> with the entire roster of Sabbath. And yeah, Lord himself, Tony Iommi. My uh. my all time favorite band, and my love of Sabbath began with the Aussie era. And I, I'll be, admittedly, I loved Dio growing up, mm. but there was always this kind of stigma on the Dio era. So I didn't discover that until later on. The first album I ever purchased with my own money was an ACDC album. But the second album I ever <laughs> spent money on was Sabbath Bloody Sabbath by Black Sabbath and. That instantly changed the course of my life, and they became my favorite band. Uh, what was the first Sabbath album you ever owned, Tony? The first Sabbath album I ever owned was uh, Paranoid. My brother gave it to me. It cassette all- tape or CD? Cassette. Oh, yeah. Old yeah, school. it was cassette tape. He gave me that the same day he gave me Ozzy Osbourne Tribute 
the live album. Oh, with Randy Rhodes, good fucking and that stuff. Really, that's what cemented me. And speaking of latter era, Dio era is the only era I will still consider Sabbath. There's good riffs, maybe good songs on the later eras, but it's, I, it's Ozzy or nothing for I me. I am a Vietnam defender. We do, every day. Every we, we, do we do, but I'm a Vietnam uh, defender of the Tony Martin era <laughs> of Sabbath. Really good stuff in those IRS years. Really have freaking hard to get a hold of that stuff, too, isn't it? Huh. Well, maybe if you bought your music <laughs> fucking physically, you I try to. It's really hard to find. Um, now, Tony, you have the distinction of being the only one of us who actually got to see the original Sabbath uh, live. Scott and I had an opportunity, but it was literally two days after. I don't know what. We were coming back from North Carolina from some show. It may have been Glenn Hughes. Uh, so you chose. A lesser inferior. We didn't know. Band. They announced no, no, real as no. we're driving back. I bought, oh, okay. I bought. I bought those Glenn Hughes tickets like six months before. Was that and the one where y'all had wine and cheese? And no, no, no. That, that, was, that, that was Uli oh. John Roth. <laughs> that was from, a natural. Thank you from the Scorpions. No, um, but we'd already bought these tickets, and then the concert got moved to a different location mm. and postponed. So at that point, like, and I had we had fucking backstage passes and and uh, sound check. So we I'd already like went above and beyond, and then like we would have had to have driven all the way to the Norfolk Scope, which I've done once before, and that is a shitty drive. I do regret it, um, not getting to see them on the last tour. But work wise, I couldn't. We get were like all gung ho for on the drive up there to see Glenn. Like we might be able to do this and on the drive back. I was like. I don't think we're going to be able to do this, man. <laughs> I I remember just for Ozzy, this is just in, in 2000's OzFest, we had tickets in fucking uh, Virginia Beach. Super long drive. Got to mm-hmm. go drive through Richmond. Nightmare drive. I was up for 40 hours. I couldn't go to sleep. We had a hotel room before. I couldn't go to sleep. I knew tomorrow's OzFest. Tomorrow's OzFest. We had 10th row center tickets. Oh, my God. Uh, at an amphitheater. is huge. And I, I think up to that point, I'd seen Ozzy like, 11 or 12 times live. That was the first time I ever heard Diary of a Madman live. I broke the seat in front of me, like the little seat. I broke it off. I'm like, oh my God. And just another real quick Black Sabbath story. In 97, when it was the little Black Sabbath mini reunion after a full Aussie set, so I'm high as a kite on adrenaline, I caught Tony Omi's guitar pick and somebody tried to take it from me and I donkey kicked them. <laughs> like, I mean, I would have ended their life had I could have. I ended up giving that pick away to somebody, a close childhood friend of mine from church school. Still regret it. Well, you know what? I got to have my first three-way with her, though. She brought a friend and we had a that, so it's, it's worth listen, it. Listen, no. that, that's awesome, but if I ever meet you, uh, anonymous three-way girl, I will punch you in your fucking mouth. How dare you? You are not worthy of that pick. How did you not give it to me? I All didn't people, know you then. Like, it doesn't like, fucking I matter. Think, oh God, you, you should have foresaw the future. Uh, like, God, you might have been like seven or eight when I when she moved when I gave it. No, probably a little older than that. Because in 97, I was 16. You'd have been 12. I'm like four years older, right? And I was an awesome 12-year-old. I'm saw, sure you would have been. I saw, I saw ACDC on the Ball Breaker Tour that year, and I saw fucking White Zombie in Johnson City that year. So. I was there. I saw that one. High five on that. I didn't... I, the reason I was... That that one, wait, was that the one filter open? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, my sister took me to that because... Um, she uh, either had the choice of watching me uh, or going to the concert and decided that um, she would just do both. There you go. That's my, my brother took me to my first concert. 
Oh, I'd been to concerts prior to that, but nothing good. <laughs> so my uh, first concert, I was five years old. It was Ozzy Osbourne and Metallica with Cliff Burton. So yeah, that that is a life changing. Now I, I say it so like much. it's cool. Metallica scared the shit out of me. I didn't know who they were, and all I remember is Ozzy came down to the, the big voodoo chair, and that that's really my home. Memory. Oh, so that would be uh, Ultimate Sin, Ultimate Sin oh, tour. Fuck yeah, glam rock Ozzy. Uh, there's some good shit on that. Oh, there fucking is. Jakey Lee rules, man. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the original eight albums of Black Sabbath, and we're going to decide tonight which song from each album is the best, and then we're going to pit them against one another. So without further ado, the original first album from Black Sabbath. Now, the winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number eight. So, Fat Tony, you've been in charge of that. So, released February 13th, 1970 in the United Kingdom and June 1st, 1970 in the United States. It had a number eight position in the UK and came to number 23 in the United States. So, with very little radio play, this was a juggernaut success for a band that grew up in Birmingham and were dirt fucking poor. Oh, yeah. So, instant success right out the fucking gate. Chart positions, uh, a galore album status went platinum. One time platinum. That's a million albums sold. And that's absolutely incredible regardless of time, but back then, a platinum album really meant something. Yeah. So, on the original Black Sabbath album, we have eight tracks. Uh, seven originally, and there was a track added later on. Track number one, Black Sabbath. One of the all-time great songs. Um, a song yep. that changed metal three notes. <coughs> number two, The Wizard. Nice, uh, uh, you know... Uh, sort of uh, Lord of the Rings kind of style lyrics, uh, interesting stuff. Uh, Behind the Walls of Sleep, based off of H.B. Lovecraft song. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, N.I.B., uh, very uh, interesting and a song that has transcended its genre. Uh, coming at number five, we have Evil Woman, which is a cover song from the band Crow. This was actually released as a single. It didn't chart. Um Obviously, for obvious reasons. This was not a radio song for the 70s. Um, coming at number six, we have Sleeping Village. Um, and I will say, I did not pick this. Um, I'm not jumping ahead. But this, as a child, when I say child, I'm talking about like 12, 11 years old. This was the scariest song I had ever heard. Fucking didgeridoos fucking freaked <laughs> me the fuck out. Um, number seven, is which is another cover song from the band Ansley Dunbar Retaliation, Warning. And a song that was added into the album, which was originally intended, but not originally released. The song Warning. So, with that in mind, we are now going to put two minutes <coughs> up on the clock. Alright, I have two minutes on the clock. And Fat Tony, I'm going to give you the grounds to make your argument for the number one song, what you think is the best song out of the debut album of Black Sabbath, starting three, two, one, go. Nativity in Black, one of the greatest me fucking metal songs of all time. That's all the time I need. Any other suggestion is wrong. Wow, that took you nine seconds. <laughs> you don't. You don't need a lot of time to speak the truth. All right, well, I'm going to put two minutes up on the clock. Scott, one, two, three, go. Nativity in Black is my favorite song of the album, but it's not better than the song Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath. The song that started it all, the bedrock riff ripped off of Mars Volta, 
It, it's it's that damn incredible. It started a whole fucking genre, okay? It was played the first time. It was sent so many damn chills on people's spines. They asked them to play it again and again, okay? It's that damn powerful. It's, it's, and no matter how many times you hear it from the damn rain at the beginning all the way to the end, you want to hear it again because it's, it just stays with you. It's there in your head all the damn time. That's all I need to say. Good argument. I do love NIB. I'm sorry. Good album. Good song. Sorry. All right. I'm adding two minutes on the clock. And go. My pick for the greatest Black Sabbath song off of Black Sabbath's 1970 album is NIB. Oh. Now, I would task any of you here today or listening at home to name a more iconic song lyric than Ozzy shouting, Oh yeah! Now speaking of iconic, between the quote-unquote basically section of NIB, this may be the most infamous bass rift of all time, not including Queens, another one by Dust, or Under Pressure. One of the most incredible bass works. Geezer Butler absolutely shines at his work as a lyricist on NIB, and he's second to none. In defining what makes Black Sabbath a song a Black Sabbath song, you have to look no further than NIB because the lyrics are about the devil falling in love with a woman. That eerie yet romantic aspect really shaped the core of what would become black metal later on. So you're starting, I mean, just heavy metal in general, but black metal especially, which always has this kind of romantic aspect to it. Uh, the devil, although supernatural, he's humanized in his longing for a woman. So, now I have uh, now I have you with me under my power. Our love grows stronger now with every hour. Look into my eyes. You will see who I am. My name is Lucifer. Please take my hand. Oh, yeah! Can't, you can't tell me that there is anything better than that on the fucking planet. Now, Ozzy has not quite hit his stride as a singer, but there's a quality in his voice that he delivers these lyrics that makes you feel how desperate the devil is to be loved. That's incredible. Now, strip away the subject matter and the bass. Um, you're left with a guitar riff that will, you will never get out of your fucking head. In fact, this guitar riff is so fucking iconic... Tony Iommi rips himself off with the song Loner from the 13 album. Damn. Now, riff aside, you can't discount the song's uh, solo, and I'm out of time. Yeah. Hey, I want to say this real quick. The song Black Sabbath is fucking amazing. It, it's by Millimeters, the second best on that album. Remember how I said that before we started recording? Like, yeah. I put question marks next to ones. Yeah. I didn't choose it big because I was like, well, they're probably going to choose Sabbath, and I don't want to argue because there's no be other the hill I die. Before we recorded, I said there's one song I want oh back down from. That's it. NIB is my favorite Sabbath song, <sighs> but I chose Black Sabbath because of the lasting mentality of it. Oh, yeah. See, so I, I just went all personal taste on this. That's why there's one that will we not We were supposed win. to record this a while back, but the more time he gave us to think, the harder this became. Yeah. So Fucking weather. I kept... Rethinking everything. I apologize. All I right. totally succeed in IB. So with that in mind, going into the number eight bracket position, we have Nativity in Black in IB. So we're moving on to uh, the qualifying round that will be assigned the bracket position number five. Released September 18th, 1970, we have Black Sabbath's best-selling album to date, an album that has gone four times platinum, Paranoid. It charted position in the UK number one, which is an incredible feat regardless of where you are on the fucking planet. Uh, number 12 in the United States, was, which is nothing to fucking shake a stick at. 
So, um, Fat Tony, if you'd be so kind, will you read off the eight songs? We coming strong out of the gate with War Pigs. Which, uh, mind you, which was named the greatest Black Sabbath song by Rolling Stone in 2013. Well, I have stuff to say on that. But (laughs) following up with probably one of their... Like, this album has all... This is the... What posers to this is their commercial album, but this is a fucking amazing album. We have Paranoid. Which was released as a single. It charted at number four in the UK chart singles. Uh, number six on Billboard Hot uh, in number uh, of the hundred in America. So big time hit. We have fucking Planet Caravan. One of my favorite songs to get high to back in high school. That and the Pantera cover. Mm-hmm. I made a mixtape of both of them back to back on both sides so I could oh do it all. God. Then we have the the legendary Iron Man. I mean, fuck. Which oh, was released as a single. It charted at number 52 on the Billboard <clears throat> Hot 100. Rolling Stone ranked it as uh, number 317 on their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Now, that's Ooh, genre oh yeah. aside. That's pretty important. Uh, uh, then we have fucking Electric Funeral. Like, again, one just really typifying their doom sound of them. Another. We have Hand of Doom. Uh, then we have the instrumental break, Rat Salad, always fun. Mm-hmm. And then the hallucinatory fairies wear boots. I, I did ask him one time to listen to that song. This would be cool. It, it, honestly, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a very lo-fi cassette copy. <laughs> All right, so uh, I've got two minutes up on the clock. When I count to three, Scott, you're going to give us your pick in three, two, one, go. Electric Funeral, uh, hands down. That that fucking riff is heavy for days. The imagery it paints of like nuclear holocaust and shit. Basically, Megadeth buried their entire career off of writing the same damn song off of that. Oh my god, I love everything about this song and more. Uh, th- there's Everything else on that song album is great. It really is, but Electric Funeral to me stands out because of just everything about it. And Ozzy's voice on that soars. It's amazing. That's all I gotta say. All right, I'm gonna reset the clock, and I will go next. In three, two, one, go. All right, my choice is War Pigs. And the reason oh. I had to choose War Pigs is this is the greatest anti-war song of all time, regardless of genre, regardless of band. Now, the the band grew up in Birmingham, which is a really impoverished, poor area. So in the 1960s, when the hippie movement was beginning to take shape, um, they were sort of the dark contrast of the carefree, uh, flower power lifestyle. They didn't disagree with the philosophy, necessarily, of anti-war, but they weren't under the spell of the illusion hippie tactics of, like, changing the world for the better. So they were literally living in urban decay. Like, Birmingham is a fucked up, like, gross area. They had blue-collar backgrounds in their um, in their songs, and this hippie, like, hippy-dippy bullshit just wasn't accomplishing anything. War Pigs is an anti-war song that uh, that understands, like, the horrors of war. It doesn't stray away from it, and more effectively, it points out the finger at the government and puppets and masters at the top of the food chain. Um, politicians hide themselves away. They only started the war. Why should they go out to fight? They leave the role for the poor. Um, they, they will tell you their power minds make war just for fun, treating people just like pawns and chess, waiting till the judgment day comes. Yeah! 
Okay, so structurally, the song is near perfect. For what I love about music is like this moody intro that builds into like the chord and the rift, and it's like cut your fucking balls in half. The air raid siren at the beginning. This is just amazing stuff. Awesome way to get you in the mood for the song. Uh, the song develops. It goes from a hundred miles an hour. Tony manages to play in a way that mirrors the air raid siren sonically, so it's like a sort of a mirror kind of thing. Uh, the other major components that I can't undersell is Bill Ward's drumming. There's this like bombastic moments where the drums actually sound like fucking mortar shells exploding. It's just fucking fantastic. They're eight minute song. It's you could uh, easily get bored with a song like that of a lesser band, but I'm out of time. All right, I'm gonna reset the clock. Fat Tony. That's two. That's two heavy contenders, man. Oof. Oof. And three, oh. two, one, go. This is where things get interesting because I just went personal. I went paranoid. Oh my god! It's one of the most <laughs> iconic songs, but really, I can't. It's I can't find an argument with either one of these two guys' choices. Personal taste brought this. This is the song. If I'm in a bad mood, I'm down. I'm sad. This is the pick. Get you going, fucking song. You know, it, it's like I think this kind of lay. It's not thrash, but this is, lays down the speed, the pacing, thrash. It's just, it's a song you can't hear and not get those chills up your spine. I can't argue against either one of theirs. But, oh my fucking God, for me, this was one of the hardest choices of the whole thing because mm-hmm. this album is fucking stacked. Uh, it's just, honestly, again, paranoid. I need that speed, baby. Oof. Okay, Oof. so Oof. now because we all have different answers... <laughs> We're going to go to a an elimination vote of our three choices. Scott, based off the three songs, which song do you think should be eliminated? I am going to say Paranoid, just because it's so damn played on every radio station. Yeah, I get that. I totally... That's really the one we're... So would that make me the ultimate tiebreaker? Uh, I'm, well, I have to give my. He has to give his opinion. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, just for arguments, like what do you what do you think is your? I don't I don't like saying name? this, but Electric Funerals like the, my, was my second oh. choice. I love War Pigs. It's like so. It's like fucking nanometers away. Those songs Every mirror fucking each one other of them. In a lot of ways. Like all oh. three of those fucking songs on that album, like. It's an Iron Man. We're not even talking about no, Iron Man. The most iconic song. This is this is like making this is Sophie's choice. Oh, okay, here. well, my if I had to pick the, <gasps> the least, it would be Paranoid. And and the reason I would pick Paranoid I, is being I the least. That. The reason it would be is simply because it's the song that um, when we saw Zach Sabbath. Oh my they, god! They didn't fucking play Paranoid. You know why he didn't? Because Everybody. it's over. Well, he, he the closest he came to commer- like the big was uh, Children of the Grave. Everything else was deep cuts. All right. So with that in mind, uh, your song has been eliminated. Totally eliminated. Now you are tasked oh. with the choice of oh. deciding: is it? Can War we get pigs? like a 30 second argument for me? You <laughs> do we have enough time for that. I, we got time for it. 30 right. second argument. I want to do this? Between oh, you get 30 God. seconds, he gets 30 I, seconds. I don't, mm. All right. I will put, I'll put it up. All right. I will argue against Electric Funeral, which is fucking blasphemy. But the reason I'm going to choose War Pigs is because if you were to distill this album down to its essence, what songs are you going to be like playing to? 
bring somebody over to the fucking promised land of heavy metal. It's not going to be a electric funeral. It's a deep cut. It's something that we all love, but it's not going to open the gates of heavy metal for somebody. All right, Scott. I totally disagree with what you just said. Um, it's just as heavy. The riffs are just as awesome. The singing is just as awesome. Everything about it is awesome. But chances are, if you've heard Paranoid, you've heard War Pigs. Because it's the two songs they play on the radio incessantly. So for the same reason we eliminate Paranoid, I want to eliminate War Pigs. It's just, it's it's overplayed. I love Electric Funeral. Pantera cover Electric Funeral. That's how damn good it is. Okay? That's all i got to say. <laughs> okay. Almost this, exactly 30 seconds. This goes against what I, Brandon's argument swayed it. Brandon's argument swayed oh! it. But again, there's no bad songs. We didn't pick any yeah, bad there's... songs. But I'm going to have to go War Pigs. By default... For a well-argued point. So, in the number five position, it will be War Pigs. And I have to say, Electric Funeral actually was my second choice. Um, that that rift is just fucking It was my second choice, too. I didn't even consider I think Iron Man, as great of a song as it is, and, like, I just want to fucking kill somebody when I hear it live. Just, ah, yes! Again, everybody's heard it. These first five albums, I might have a hard time. I mean, it's really not. fucking hard. Because all of them are good. They're it's really hard. I, I don't want to... It's like punching one of my children in the face. And I got two kids, all right, guys? All right, listen, I know both Scott's kids. Right. I can make the decision real easy which one it is to <laughs> punch in the face. <laughs> Love you, Luna. <laughs> Fuck you, Cass. <laughs> all right, moving on to what many consider Black Sabbath's uh, crowning achievement. And I have to say, this is my favorite Black Sabbath album. The first album I bought. Really? Master of Reality was my first one. All right. Well, um, I think we're all in agreement. This is, this is their best this album. Is, this, this, is, this is Sabbath's best album. And peak. personally, I had the hardest time deciding my choice off of this album. Um, the winner of this qualifying round will be assigned the bracket position number seven. This was released July 21st, 1971. That being Master of Reality. Um, it charted number five in the UK and number eight in the United States. So Black Sabbath is still fucking going strong. It went two times platinum. Big deal. Scott, would you read off the eight songs <clears throat> on the masterpiece known as Master of Reality? All right. Starting off with number one, Sweet Leaf, The Pot Lover's Dream. After Forever, Embryo. Four, Children of the Grave. Five, Orchid. Six, Lord of This World. Seven, Solitude and eight into the void. All right, after forever was which was released as a single. It didn't chart as did Children of the Grave, and it didn't chart as well. Now this album um, is a little more of that doom metal, like what we consider like the classic Black Sabbath, Sabbath sound. sound. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, Scott, I'm going to put two minutes up on the clock in three, two, one. Go. What is your choice for best song off Master? I'm going to change my mind on the fly. I had into the void circle, but I'm going to change it to Sweet Leaf. I don't know why. Just all of a sudden, it struck me. I got to go with Sweet Leaf every damn time. It starts off with that sound of him sucking and then coughing. No matter how bad of a mood I'm in, I start laughing, and then the riff comes in, and just everything about that song is so damn happy. And it's like the it's the riff and is going against what the lyrics are because the riff's heavy, but his mood is light. And it's airy, and it's about weed. I mean, come on! I'm 31 years old. Legalize it already! They were trying to sing this shit back then! It's amazing! Sweetly forever! I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 31. Fuck you. <laughs> Alright, old man. Right, I have 
I have two minutes on the clock. I'm going to make my argument now. And three, two, one, go. My choice is Children of the Grave. Now, I had a hard time coming to a decision of this album. Every song, even the instrumentals, adds something to the music. Mass Reality, it's just, it cements Black Sabbath as the root of heavy metal, like the sprouting the tree and like all the diverging branches give life to new, all these different genres. But every speed and thrash metal band owes a debt of gratitude to one song and it's fucking Children of the Grave. Now, going on, Supernaut and other songs, Symptom of the Universe, they can add on. But this was the fucking seed that sprouted the entire fucking genre of speed and uh, thrash metal. That opening riff, it cements it as one of the greatest rock songs ever written. When it kicks into gear, it's like having lightning strike your balls and instantly having, like, it's like, it makes you a thousand percent more fertile and the <laughs> testosterone coursing through your nuts results in Children of the Fucking Grave. Uh, the song is like, it's another anti-war song and it really grows upon uh, repeat listening. Um, uh, Children of tomorrow live in tears uh, that fall today. Will the sun rise up tomorrow bringing peace in any way? Uh, must the world live in, uh, in the shadow of atomic fear? Can they win the fight for peace or will they disappear? Fucking beautiful lyrics. These lyrics were relevant then they're more relevant now we're in just a fucking shit show of a world and um i i have to say that like the the early sabbath albums they have this like raw quality but the fucking mixing on um uh children of the grave is fucking fantastic uh you get this in- interesting like rhythmic bit uh, just below the surface and it spent me years of trying to figure out like is this a bass or is it drums that like yeah like it's it's fucking yeah. like tremendous that like a band would not do today they were an experimental phase and they found themselves in uh ozzy uh good stuff fucking great stuff <laughs> Tyler, uh, okay. hold on hold on let me let me reset the clock those damn drums yeah. all right fat tony in three two one go i'm pulling a scott i'm pulling a last oh. minute change Scott, my all-time favorite song of all time is Solitude by Black Sabbath, which Ooh. is ironic because Ozzy's not even singing it. Mm-hmm. But I got to go with Children of the Grave. It is the fucking heaviest monster. Uh, I mean, yeah. we, we're, we, it starts out like it's our favorite, but we're also doing the best of the yeah. best Children of the fucking Grave. I'm, I'm, uh, even though it doesn't matter, I'm gonna switch to The only reason why is when we were talking, <laughs> is because the, the fucking scene from Brutal Legend when you first get the car to drown down that shit and the damn songs are thinking. Yes! Up. Holy fuck! Ah, oh, Jack Black drowned a goddamn giant metal car with Children of the Grave playing, running over zombies and shit. Ah! <laughs> Alright, so yeah. with that being said, our number seven bracket position, it will be Children of the Grave. And we're moving on into our uh, fourth on the list. We have uh, Volume 4. Now, the winner of this qualifying round will be assigned the bracket position number 2. It was released September 25th, 1972. It had a number 8 position in the UK on the charts and number 13 in the United States. It went platinum, so Black Sabbath is still in fucking uh, great form. Um, Fat Tony, read us off the top 10 uh, singles from the album. This is the album where they kind of branch out. I love it. It's probably my second favorite album. We have Wheels of Confusion. Tomorrow's Dream. Which was released as a single. It did not chart. Changes. Mm. FX. Supernaut. Snowblind. Cornucopia. Laguna Sunrise. Mm. 
St. Vitus Dance, and Under the Sun. All right. This album uh, kind of shifts Sabbath uh, from that raw, doomy sound. There's still some hangover from that, but this is seeing them really... You know what it is? They switch from the weed to the cocaine. <laughs> there you <true>. go. <laughs> Good, e- excellent point. Excellent point. Um, they were also doing some other hallucinogenic oh. <laughs> drugs during the time, um, as evident by the song FX. <laughs> which uh, is not a bad song, but it's, it's barely there. a song. Um, so uh, I got two minutes on uh, the fucking uh, go. I'm going to start three, two, one, go. Snowblind. Now, where Children of the ga- Grave gave birth to a thousand speed metal bands and an open rift of Snowblind has been riffed off by so many power metal bands and with good reason. It's absolutely killer. Uh, these opening chords, it's like a, a scene in Pulp Fiction where they shoot Uma, Uma Thurman up with the adrenaline. Like, bam! You're alive! In the moment. Now, 70s music in general was just like this weird time where like you could get things like on the radio that you couldn't get on now. Um, so a song, a pro song about cocaine um, was even like taboo back then, with the exception of uh, Cocaine by Eric Clapton. Now, admittedly, I've never done cocaine, but lyrically Snowblind um, kind of paints cocaine in a beautiful way that kind of makes me want to do it, which is probably a, 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 a negative against the song. Ask what about that. <laughs> but um, uh, my eyes are blind, but I can see the snowflakes glisten on the trees. The sun, the sun no longer sets me free. I feel the snowflakes freezing me. That's beautiful lyrics. Now, Volume 4 is often criticized for being kind of just a retread of the same Sabbath stuff that they had done in Master Reality, but the guitar and the vocal melodies of Snowblind see a band really experimenting and like growing. And um, oddly enough, the studio version of Snowblind is not my favorite. My favorite version of this song is on uh, Speak of the Devil or to our friends across the pond, um, Talk of the Devil, which is this great live album. It's Sabbath songs on steroids that Ozzy did with Brad Gillis after the death, uh, R.I.P. of the great Randy Rhodes. And um, the the one thing I will say that really cements <clears throat> that that version negatively uh, to its uh, studio counterpart is Tommy Aldridge, who is no slouch. He's one of my all-time favorite drummers, but he's doing more of a kind of a, ba- a banging, like John Bonham kind of drum kind of thing. But really, uh, the jazzy kind of drums that are done on the uh, album version are so much better. God, it was close. <laughs> all right, setting two minutes up. Three, two, one, going? go, Scott. Oh, uh, I went with Snowblind as well. I mean, to quote Ace Frehley, you know, I would never tell anybody to do cocaine, but I wouldn't tell anybody not to do cocaine. <laughs> uh, everything he just said, Brandon said, was perfect. I'm sorry. Uh, my second was super not, but Snowblind is just, that's a ride, man. You're long for it. Everything's brighter, crystal clear. Everything's prettier. Everything's faster. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tony. I want to hear it. No. like It is not snow. You don't have to set a timer. I picked Wheels of Confusion. That is a mature song that, that shows they're slow. They're great bridges. They're getting into the heavy. It is the total package. That being said, I've done a lot of cocaine in my life. <laughs> I have. Try it once. No earlier than junior year of college. Somewhere around there. I was not in college when I did this. I was barely 18 church school (laughs) ruins children it does so bad but uh you know i was i I just never got hooked on it like i was able i i actually kept a friend shannon 
Uh, Shannon Fee? Yeah. yeah no well, Shannon yeah, Fee. let's put him out in the last minute. He was dating... Shannon Fee does he drugs. Was, <laughs> he was dating a super hot Coke dealer, and he offered me a line of Coke, and I said, no thanks, and that made him realize he might be having a problem with it. But then later she robbed him and left, and he stopped. But, you know, it's, 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 it's Snowblind was probably, even my third choice, like Super Night Man, that was my second, but it's all good. Yeah. I have no problem with Snowblind. I was still flopping between the two all day. Staring at my list. It's on there. All right. And what bracket position is Snowblind in? Bracket number two. <sighs> number oh, two. All right. Uh, moving on to Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Mm. Now, the winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number position number one. And the reason this... Uh, this bracket position was given to it, although these were uh, all given randomly, but I specifically gave the number one bracket position to Sabbath Play Sabbath because this is the album that critics cite as Black Sabbath's best album. Really? Wrong. What? I would put, personally, I would put this at number two for me. Of the the Sabbath, of the the Aussie Sabbath era, I would give it number two. You know, it probably it's three or four for me, yeah. and that just shows you how uh, how wrong you guys are. But, that, but that's fine. That's fine. Listen, who I, bothered to put in the effort to see Black Sabbath? <laughs> oh, multiple times. You you burned. Who's you, also way older? You burned me. He's not that I'm only much four older. years older than me. But he's like how old are you? You're like four years older than me. So you're like eight years older than me. I'm nine years older. Than Holy you. shit! See, I was just trying to give you a little bit more off the top. Your birthday's like you. two or three days before my own. God, what are you like? Barely thirty. He 31. just got pubes last week. I'm Thirty-one. <laughs> God. All right. With Sabbath, that. bloody Sabbath, the winner of this qualifying <laughs> round will be assigned bracket number one. Now, the, uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath was released December 1st, 1973. It charted number four in the United Kingdom and number 11 in the United States. This was the pinnacle of, of their success. Um, as far as like the Aussie era, they were fucking firing on all cylinders. The album has gone platinum. And uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath uh, boasts albums, uh, the songs off the album. Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, uh, which was released as a single, it didn't chart. Uh, one of their best songs, uh, been in their stage show for years. Uh, number two, a National Acrobat, another uh, deep cut, but one that is well-loved. Number three, uh, Fluff, interesting song, uh, very fluttery and kind of different than anything you've heard on a Black Sabbath album, but one that is a nice little, uh, like a, it's almost like a palate cleanser to get you ready for everything going on forward. Number four, the wonderfully jazzy standard, Sabra Cadabra. Mm-hmm. Number five, Killing Yourself to Live, another uh, lyrically masterful work. Um, uh, number six, who are you? Uh, and number seven coming uh, in at uh, number seven, looking for today and rounding out the album, we have Spiral Architect. All right, I'm putting two minutes up on the thing. Fat Tony, what is your pick from Sabbath Bloody Sabbath in three, two, one, go? A National Acrobat is my pick. It has such a groove to it. Uh, it's it's everything I like of like the groovy mid-tempoed. Uh, again, I'm not... Y'all probably, we all probably pick different songs, and I'll be hard fucking pressed to argue. Unless you pick Fluff, and then I'm smacking them out. <laughs> Other than that, it'd be hard. I mean, again, I, I the obvious answer Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I hope that's what y'all pick, so we don't have to have a big tiebreaker. I have to go in my heart, though. Again, back in the day when I was smoking weed in church school, that was one of my jams, man. It just is. And it, again, I, that's the one I'm going to stand firm and go with my heart. Mm. National Acrobat. 
Respect him for that. All right, I'm putting two minutes up on the clock, Scott, in three, two, one, go. My answer's fluff. It's fluttery, <laughs> beautiful. No, I did go with Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I mean, what if the recorder and Haunted House were staying when they were fucking with each other? He had Rider's Block, and one riff came to his head and shattered it, and the rest of the album wrote itself. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I mean, you don't need to really say anything else. It's that damn good. It's, it's beautiful. It's melodic. There's like three different riffs in that damn song that are all earth-shattering. They could all have been there on the same damn song. That's all I want to say. I hate the time limit because it makes me want to talk really fast. Sorry. <laughs> Isn't that also the first song Ozzy wrote the lyrics for? You might be correct. I'm almost positive. Like, he, you know, uh, he wouldn't end up with a big lyricist before no. this. All right. I've got two minutes. Don't tell me no. I'm got, 90% certain. i got two minutes <laughs> up fun. on the clock. All right. Three, two, one. My choice is also Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. There is no other guitarist on the planet who literally oozes riffs like Tony Iommi. He he, he has this way of writing a, an awesome riff that's so simple, you have to wonder, like, why did no one else come up with this? Now, the genius of these the songs forward. is that they hook you with a simple riff, and it sort of detours into these <clears throat> experimental territories, and there's, like, all these different time signatures and shifts and these intervals of heavy and melodic. Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is such a good song that it's... Fuck, it's, uh, it's, it's literally liked by people who don't even like hard rock. Case in point, my mother, who vehemently hates Black Sabbath, heavy metal, Ozzy, and on down the line, she fucking loves Rod Stewart. She <laughs> loves, she loves this song. And to me, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is a gateway drug for for uh, for people to like, this is what you you hear. It's enough to get you in the mood, but it also will like kind of open that door to get you ready for more heavy music. Now, on top of like the fan praise, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is the album and the song that caused the most uh, belovement from critics. Um, they were highly influential on progressive music from this album on. Now, I know, like, Rush and, like, Queen mm. kind of, like, set the standard, but as far as, like, metal bands, there was sort of, like, this middle ground where they did they kind of stayed in that, like, 4-4 tempo and they didn't really do anything. Sabbath, Bully Sabbath fucking shifts that paradigm. You have al- albums by bands post that, most of them not good, but they, it kind of set a standard that, like, you can't live up to the Sabbath standard. Um, I, it's fucking. It's uh, my first, my favorite, blah, 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 it's my favorite song for this album. <laughs> Again, I can't argue, and I'm kind of glad y'all picked. But I, I, that's one national acrobat I had just had to go with my gut on and stick to it. I came so close to picking a national acrobat. I can't because it's, a through, man. it's my favorite song. I was just called Sabbath so I'm glad we didn't do that route. <laughs> I I came very close. Um. Would anybody, based off the arguments, like to change their... Uh... No. only thing I really want to say at the end of the Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is Ozzy's voice really started coming to his own on this album in particular. Oh, I asked that. I had that in my notes and it I didn't so, get to it, but... Like, it's his... It was almost like earth-shattering the way he was singing in this yeah, song. Yeah, I also was I think, singing! I think this is his first truly great vocal performance. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is this is more invocative in of like the things he would do going on with his career, becoming tr- a truly great vocalist rather than just a really good heavy metal singer. If that makes any sense, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he has transcendent appeal on this song. 
I get it. So, with that in mind, uh, going into the number one bracket position, we have Sabbath. Bloody Sabbath. Also, that album cover. Maybe Holy since I was shit. a seventh day, I don't know. We went to school on the Sabbath in seventh day, and maybe that's kind of biased me a little bit against it. Um, you, you kind of uh, alluded to something that we should probably talk about really quick. Um, just offhand, like of the Aussie era Black Sabbath albums, which do you consider the best cover? Because there's some good ones and there's some bad ones. <laughs> For me, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is their best album cover. I agree. I hate a paranoid. So yeah, much. I mean, I, you can't argue oh. that. <sighs> I like the cover of the Black Sabbath as well. It's fucking that eerie is, as shit. It's, it's, the that's the really... story makes that album cover great. Mm-hmm. More so than it is just a great album yeah. cover, I feel. But it's Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is just a great piece of mm-hmm. artwork. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on the fucking guy's name. Uh, he did uh, the fucking Star Wars. Uh, oh, uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on his fucking name. But he did the artwork. I've had sex with a woman, so I don't know anything about the artwork <laughs> of Star Wars. <laughs> I just had to get my dig in there. It's funny if I actually knew the name, but I don't. I can't remember his fucking name. Good album cover. It is probably my favorite. But I mean, he's a world famous. Really, not a big Tony Wexy cover fan. Looks like a fucking. We'll get into that. All right, our our next round, um, the winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number three. 1975 Sabotage. It was released July 28th. It uh, landed number seven in the UK and number 28 in the United States. Gold status. So you can see the band is starting to slide a little bit in popularity. Now, in 1975, there's a glut of fucking hard rock and metal bands. So rather than being the standard bearer, they're sort of like in the shuffle with everybody else. Um, that being said, I fucking love Sabotage. This was a, an Aussie album that I didn't physically own growing up, and I don't know why that is, because if I'm going to be completely honest with you, probably now I'd probably put it number three on my list. Uh, I've really grown to love this album. Um, Real quickly... Last episode, you were talking about Nightmare 2 and The Right Mood. In The Right Mood, it's probably my second favorite album. I've got to be in the mood for the tone and the sound of it, and I fucking love it. Other than that, yeah, it's it's a good album. If I'm not in the mood for it, you know, you throw I, on my favorite song, the song I'm about to pick, and I'll be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any of the other tracks will be like, oh, fuck yeah. You got talking about it, man. I did. I... I <laughs> um, Scott, if you'd be so kind to read off the... Eight and technically nine songs off of uh, track Sabotage. <laughs> okay, uh, number one, Hole in the Sky. Number two, Don't Start Too Late. Number three, Symptom of the Universe. Four, Megalomania. Five, The Thrill of It All. Five, Super Czar. Seven, Am I Going Insane? Radio. Eight, <clears throat> The Rit. And nine, The Hidden Track. <laughs> Blow on a Jug. <laughs> Which was just done as a joke. And I, b- before we get um, before we get into this, I just have one comment um, to make about "Am I Going Insane?" Radio for years, I thought that because the the second Sabbath album <clears throat> I ever bought was the compilation "We Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll." And which is featured on there, and I assumed that this was a radio cut or you know like a radio edit. And then when I got the full album, <clears throat> um, like. I was probably almost an adult when I actually owned a physical copy of Sabotage um, that I come to realize, like, no, that's just what it's called. 
Um, strange, strange uh, world we live in. I don't know the uh, the reasoning behind that. <coughs> but, uh, Fat Tony, if you want to start us off in three, two, one, go. This is another one of those that was really hard for me. And I guess when it's a really hard decision, I picks a song that kind of exposes a little bit of everything. It's not just one song. Megalomania. Megalomania is my favorite song on this album. It builds up. It gets heavy. It gets a little funky. It has everything. It's it's going to be hard for me to argue any other. Well, there are certain songs I will argue against. But the other <laughs> obvious choices on here, I'll have to back up. But this is just the one when I hear the intro, like if I'm in the mood for it, it just fucking chills down my spine. Rock hard boner. And I'm fucking ready to rock. That's all I need. Beautiful. Uh, Boners. I'm resetting the timer and putting two minutes up. Scott, what you got in three, two, one, go. Symptom of the universe. I am a huge, huge victim, fan, lover of a riff. And again, this is one of those monster riffs. And I have no idea what the hell this song's about. He's talking about unicorns and space and shit and returning to his mother's womb and it is... It's about drugs. It is fucking out there, man, as far as you want to go. But that riff holds it all together and the drums in the back, it just constantly is chugging along. It just makes you... I don't know what the fuck they were on at this point and I need to know. I need to know, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> you got kids. You don't need to know. You know for, for the record, um, Symptom of the Universe is not my, um, not my choice, but what is the song about? It's about everything, man. <laughs> Groovy. <laughs> All right, I'm putting two minutes up on the clock in three, two, one, go. All right. My choice is not going to win <laughs> right off the bat, but this is going to put me in the Viet- the awesome position of having to choose between your songs, mm. uh, which I'll allow you once I've said my piece to uh, to make your, your pleas because I know I'm going to lose. But if I could take a couple of minutes uh, to tell you why this song means so much to me, it's an instrumental. It's probably the only one that anybody's going to choose. Uh, Superstar. And the reason I choose this uh, song is I know I have an uphill battle, but as a wrestling fan, <laughs> if I were to ever have a professional wrestling match, this would be my entrance music. <clears throat> and that is actually the best point I can make for this song. Now, for years post this song. This became Sabbath's entrance music. This is the song that gets you ready to hear the other songs on the fucking concert. That being said, I know I'm in the minority. Um, it's got a beautiful, like, melodic string arrangement that adds a lot of depth to it. Um, I loved, like, the haunting, like, vocal choir. Um, the fucking riff shit all you want on this song is fucking great. It's it's one of Iomi's best. And it really, mm. it's that, that riff that makes me love this song so much. <clears throat> and I know I'm going to get shit for this. Of all the Aussie-era Sabbath songs, if I if a gun to my fucking head and I had to pick one, I'm not fucking lying, this would be my all-time favorite Tony Iommi <laughs> riff. Maybe not Black Sabbath song, but this is my favorite Tony Iommi riff. Because every time I hear this, it fucking makes my skin crawl in all the best ways. And I'm out of time. You lose. You know why they play that at the beginning? So they can get it out of the fucking way. 
I don't hate it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you got Sorry. 30 seconds yes. to 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 tell me why my song. <laughs> 30, 30 seconds to pitch why your song should be picked. Okay. And three, two, one, go. I love something in the universe, but Megalomania has the dark, deep character that is indicative of Black Sabbath. It's not just da, 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 you know, and they're they're great and heavy, but their their true genius is their songs that expand beyond just heavy galloping riffs. It's the doom, the oppressiveness, the everything, and then it gets a little funky because Ozzy's fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, you got a whole spice. You got Tony Iommi's doom. It it is a more mature, well rounded song. That, that was 30 seconds on the fucking dot. I kid you not. All right, Scott, in three, two, one, go. As much as I love everything you just said, it's more like a callback to their older stuff, which is nice, but there's no advance forward. Uh, like I said, the last album, Ozzy's voice was reaching its peak. On this album, he peaked. I'm sorry, this, his voice on this alone showed you exactly how he's going to sound moving forward, and it was perfect. You don't need anything. You don't need a callback. We're advancing forward. Now, granted, this is probably the last great album they did, but, you know. That was almost 30 seconds exactly. I mean, I'm not shitting on your choice. Okay. It's, it was oh, my number right. two. Oh, okay. Shut the no, fuck no, up. No, no, I'm, I'm in the driver you get position the win. now. You, you tell us who wins. All right. <clears throat> Based strictly on the arguments, um, man, this is hard. <laughs> They're both great songs. But I'm going to side with Megalomania simply off of one thing that Scott said and that you kind of laid uh, a claim that this is them kind of laying on, like, doing stuff they had done before. I completely disagree with you on Megalomania. Yeah, I did. I wanted to say something when you said that. I, it's a lot of callbacks to that. The Doom the heavier sides and then them going off it's riff. It's the Doom, but they, they also had that little funkiness to and it. And they did a lot of that. They went yeah. off the jazz and the funk in the original, too. I, I, what do you think Rat Salad is? I, I, it's I, jazz I, funk. I, it's I got a good the, drums. Ah, anyway. Teddy bottle full of funk. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I think my pick will be for Megalomania. So Fine. that will put Megalomania in the number three bracket position. Oh. This is awesome, stiff competition, this man. This is the last good album after this. I'm All right, we got two album. albums left, and the winner of this next qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number six, Technical Ecstasy, which re- was released September 25th, 1976. It had a chart position in the United Kingdom at number 13 and number 51 in the United States. It still went gold. Um, huge drop off from the from the previous album. Um, Scott, would you read us off? No. no, no I'm going to read it, and then you're going to read Never Say yeah, Die. Okay. I have fine, no dog fine, in this hunt. I do. Fine. Me and Brandon have a debate on which is the worst album. Oh. Never Say Die. I hate Texas. Uh, comparatively still some great solid shit we have number one Backstreet Kid who then became a Backstreet Boy bullshit <laughs> I will hit you I will hit you I deserve that I apologize you won't change me it's alright <laughs> Gypsy oh. hey hey for, for, for the record it's alright is the name of a song not a comment on the quality right. of you track changing. number four no no no, no. It's All Right was released as a single. It did not charge. Because <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Track number four, Gypsy. Which was also released as a single and it did not charge. Track number five, All Moving Parts Stand Still. Track number six, Rock and Roll Doctor. Track number seven, She's Gone. And track number eight, Dirty Women. 
Okay, I'm gonna go up first. <laughs> Fair enough. In three, two, one, go. My choice is all moving parts stand still. Now, I will 100% from here until eternity, my last breath leaves my fucking body that Technical Ecstasy is an overall better album than Never Say Die, but I will save that argument for another time. However, I will concede that both albums are severely underrated, and I may be, there may be a 2-3 kind of consensus uh, against that or for that um, assertion, but if you have a gun to my head and you said pick one from either this album or the album that comes after it, this is the song I'm going to pick. Now, I know I'm going to be fighting an uphill battle, but the song is all moving parts stand still. Now, what is this song about? Two robots fucking on a staircase? I don't fucking know. I don't care. This song is just awesome. So, um, since he has passed the motion, they're building in the ocean, and he's saying all men should be free. What a combination. Peace, uh, peace and radiation. And he's saying men should fight for me. I don't know what that fucking means, but it's got a good cadence to it. <laughs> as abstract as the lyrics are, um, Ozzy manages to make you feel like every word he has to say is fucking important. He's, he's got to that point where he's becoming a truly great musician uh, in the vocal range. Um, uh, the guitar rift is like a hot knife through butter, and it bounces uh, off something. It's almost like the bass is like something that Bootsy Collins would have performed in Parliament, <laughs> and that's fucking awesome. I don't care what you fucking say. I dig the fuck out Not of it. Um, in, in stark contrast to his normal jazzy style, the drums on this album are actually a little more of like a contemporary fucking like straight ahead kind of rock song, and. Um, Fuck, and then it's like Rihanna getting beat by Chris Brown. It's fucking hardcore, man. <laughs> I gotta applaud that last finale. That was, that was a good metaphor, man. All right, two minutes on the clock. Scott, you're up. What is your favorite song off of Technical Ecstasy? In three, two, one, go. Rock and Roll Doctor. It's literally the only song on this entire freaking album that I can stand. I'm not a big fan of this one or the next album, as I've said. It's the only song that also will be on my Spotify from these two albums. I just cannot. It's them getting away from Sabbath and more like drugs were taking over the band at this point, and you can hear it. Not in a good way either. The dragon has been caught at this point. Not chased. Okay, I'm putting two minutes up on the clock. Fat Tony, what is your favorite song of Technical Ecstasy? In three, two, one, go. I'm changing my answer on the fly because nothing on this album is worth arguing about. So all moving parts since still was my number two. It's a close number yes. two. Like, honestly, I mean, I don't hate this album. It's just like a contemporary 70s rock album. Yeah. My actual favorite song was Dirty Women, but I didn't want to get into the debate because they're all, I mean, there's nothing bad on this album, but there is nothing that says Sabbath. There is nothing. Dirty Women's the closest says Sabbath, and that really, to me, it's more the few. Uh, anyway, I really do like All Moving Parts Stand Still. I get it. it. I mean, it was my close number two. Hey, you two have been best friends longer than I've known you, so uh, I'm gonna lose every one of these. No, but no, the next album is where we're going to diverge. Next album, there will be. You said it in the way like I can never figure out why I don't like these two albums, and it's because Sabbath. it just sounds like everybody else at that time. They started losing themselves and just went on exactly. with what's going to be our next hit. We need another hit. 
I, right. I, he gets, you get to read the tracks. Okay, 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 okay. Before we move to, to um, from technical ecstasy to never say die, I want to say that you're, you're absolutely right. This was a band that was trying to be capture like what's going on at the time, and rather than being ahead of the pack, they're just they're running behind. Mm-hmm. And um, I will I will say this um, contrast to your position on this, I fucking hated Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die growing up. I didn't own physical copies of them. In fact, the last three Sabbath albums, I just didn't own growing up because I had this like bias towards them. But I have to say, after years of like being buried under like the, the plethora of like the entire Sabbath catalog, I mean, I've got bootlegs and, and demos out the fucking ass. I find more enjoyment... Every once in a while, yeah, from, from revisiting these two albums so, because they still sound fresh. This is because the, they're different. This is the Sabbath Dynasty album. But man, you just knocked the fucking nail on the every head. Every once in a while, I just gotta just listen to it. Every once in a while, you wanna you wanna put on some spandex pants yeah. and just feel how sexy you are. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, all moving parts stand still. We'll move to the number six bracket position, which oh, leads us to our final option in the qualifying round. We have Never Say Die, which was released September 28th, 1978. This will go into the number four bracket position, the winner of this uh, little discussion we're about to endure. And I say endure because this album is not very good. Um, number 12 uh, it landed in the UK. So they still have some goodwill with the United Kingdom. However, in the United States, number 69. They're still hey, nice. nice. <laughs> they're, they're charting. And this album still went gold. Um, but I want to I wanna say something uh, that, that's actually going to help your cause more than it'll help my cause. Two of these singles... Actually, fucking charted, whereas several of albums that are way better, they didn't. Number one, Never Say Die, was released as a single. It charted number 21 in the UK singles charts. Number two, Johnny Blade, a nice, uh, kind of interesting, uh, almost new wave kind of song. And then it kind of diverges into that really crunchy riff, good stuff. Junior's Eyes, uh, a uh, standout song from the album uh, from a vocal performance by Ozzy. Just good stuff from a lyrical front. Hard Road, which was also released as a single. It charted number three on the UK charts. So there's all there's almost a, a point to be made. Like Sabbath May could have kind of changed course mm. with this album and got back in the good graces. I know I'm. I don't know why I'm making a fucking argument that for I feel yourself. Bad for shitting on the last episode. <laughs> number <laughs> number five, Shockwave. Number six, Air Dance. Number seven, Over to You. Number eight. Breakout and number nine, Swinging the Chain, which is my vote for the absolute worst Black Sabbath song. I will of, agree of the Aussie I era. I will agree with you. All right, two minutes up on the clock. Who wants to go? Me. First? I want to go first. I'm getting out of the way. It's going to be real easy because uh, it's going to be say. easy. You can go like he got to go first on technical ecstasy. Okay, you go. go ahead. Go. All right, in three, two, one, go. Never say die. Had all the fucking energy in the world. It's a get up and go song when you're fucking don't want to do shit. You're sick. You're tired. You're bored. You're sad. Now is it? It's not even my favorite song. Junior's Eyes after my dad died is obviously my favorite song. I, I'd listen to that and cry and drink after my father passed. But Never Say Die 
is one of the all time. It's 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 like if I had an up tempo, so it'd be this and saving the day from the Ghostbusters soundtrack back to back. To just get me going, and I'm not even lying. I hear that song. I don't care how cheesy it is. I'm fucking ready to go. I'm done. All right, I, I'm gonna go second just because I want to get this shit out of the way. All right, in three, two, one, go. All right, my choice is Junior's Eyes. The only valid criticism towards all Ozzy's last two albums during his first stint is that they just don't sound like Sabbath albums. And in songs like Swing in the Chain, which is just a completely fucking different band, um, but songs that work, albeit differently, and chief among them is Junior's Eyes. Um, I'm not going to go into deep-seated issues I have with my biological father, but this song hits me really fucking hard. And the lyrics are about a father having to leave his child and the pain of, like, causing him. Uh, they're coming home again tomorrow. I'm sorry it won't be for long with all the pain of what you live within. I'm tr- I try my hardest not to cry when it's time to say goodbye. Um, without going into, like, a detailed backstory about, like, how bad of a father Ozzy was um, back in those days, but he really was. Um, Ozzy's always been vocally, like, regrettable about the way he... Uh, he was never around for his kids, and they were like growing up, and and uh, he was out banging sluts and like doing coke and stuff. Awesome for you, Ozzy, but you know you could have been there for your fucking kids. Um, the chorus, um, you know, I read you. Uh, it's 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 better than anything on the entire album, and I know that like the arguments uh, against uh, a lot of these songs are valid, but there's nothing you can say to me that will change my mind that this is not only the best thing on this album. But it's one of the best things that Ozzy has ever done vocally because this is a heartfelt song. This is him singing his heart out. And um, aside from this like emotional angle, there's also a lot of cr- creative guitar works. The solo obviously has kind of this... Um, it's almost like a... A, like a precursor to the stuff that K.K. Downing did on uh, the early Sabbath albums. Um, there's also some Jimi Hendrix-esque kind of stuff. K.K. Downing played for Sabbath? Uh, you know what I mean? Damn, Fun. I missed that. Era. Yeah. What a great tour. All right. Three, uh, put two minutes up. Three, two, one, go, Scott. After everything you just said, I want to switch my answer, but I am going to stick with Never Say Die because it's really the only song on that album to me is listenable. Now, after hearing y'all's two arguments, I do want to go back and listen to these albums again because maybe as a more learned fellow, Junior's I might appreciate eyes them. Legit a great song. But I, I don't, can't listen to it and not cry. I, see, I have a, I cry over everything. Ask him. I cry over everything. So yeah, I don't Scott, wanna, Scott's a real bitch. I purposely... Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I purposely try to avoid stuff like that. He sees a picture of a puppy and he fucking cries. I do. I get a boner. Too cute? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was talking about his boner, not the puppies. What breed of dog gives you a boner? A pug. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wheezing, isn't it? <laughs> We're like stepping on your time. Sir, I don't need yeah, time. I told you. you. I've already been outvoted. So. Never say I, die. It may change after listening to Junior's eyes, but I, I really almost don't give it wanted to right change now. mine after. Yeah, because it is about. honestly, it's my favorite song. But I, it's again, I can't really listen to it. It gets a little too much for me. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I will. I will concede uh, that fucking Never Say Die is is a genuinely good it's song. Bad. And the the day that you and I finally know. duke it out on which album is better, yeah. I, I look forward to throwing things in your face because it's going to be bad. 
You just made my argument for me. You're all like sucking never say dies. I shit all over technical access. <laughs> you did too. I can't wait to listen back to this. I guilty. Like, this album sucks the biggest of cocks. Like, Brandon's like, well, it has a lot of good points on this album. Yeah, I mean, he already, he already he won the vote for you. For me, you know, and as the biggest and truest <laughs> Sabbath fan uh, you'll ever meet. That you know, I, my opinion is the correct one, and can only be. You know, I've touched two original Black Sabbath members' hands. I've shaken hands with Ozzy Osbourne after an Ozzy show, and I've got to randomly shake hands with Geezer Butler, who nobody recognized. Well, right by the fence in '99. No, he didn't. Yes, I do. I sucked his dick through the chain link. If he right in front of God and everybody, there's like well, because you didn't, it means you're not a real fan. No, what's funny is. Nobody else recognizes him. Totally like this. That's sad. Like it this is the height of new metal. He's wearing oh like God. a little, you know, he's not like all <coughs> black. He's wearing shorts and shoes. He's got a thing. I, right, I locked on and he saw me and he just resignedly he was like, hey, mate, how you doing? And shook my hand and went on. I didn't want to suck my dick. I, I, I wanted to go to the bathroom and immediately and masturbate. Suck his dick. Well, no, no, after with he walked off, the hand I touched his hand with, I wanted to masturbate with, but then I realized that hand's touch his hand is not worth worthy of touching my dick. It's and he went to the bathroom, and George Michael's having to be in there. And, and then I just came. Anyway. With all that being said, <laughs> Back on in track. our Western Division, coming in at bracket position number one from Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, we have the title track, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Coming in at the number three position in our Western Division, we have from Sabotage, Megalomania. Coming in at the number five bracket position from Paranoia, we have the anti-war anthem, War Pigs. And coming in, last but certainly not least, in our seventh bracket position in our Western Division, we have the anthem of all anthems, Children of the Grave. Now, we're going to be coming back after some messages from our sponsors to argue which of these songs progresses to the next level. Stay tuned. Blake Best here. I just wanted to take a moment and talk with you about my brand new novel, Fathom, which centers around the Loch Ness Monster. So if you're a fan of a good creature novel and want something quite scary and thrilling to read, stop by my website and order a copy of Fathom. My website is www.blakebestauthor.wixsite.com forward slash blakebesthorror forward slash books. Let me tell you a little bit about Fathom. Jack Warner is a cryptozoologist and the famed writer of Keeper of the Lock, a book on the elusive Loch Ness Monster. He is offered a job by millionaire paranormal investigator Chris McDonald to be a part of an expedition that is touted as the definitive search for the monster. Jack finds himself on the shores of the legendary lake, but will he be ready for what lies below the surface of Loch Ness? Stop by my website and order yourself a copy of Fathom, and then you'll have the answer for yourself. My website is www.blakebestauthor.wixsite.com forward slash blakebesthorror forward slash books. Fathom has an official release date of February 21st, 2021, but you can pre-order your copy now. Thank you so much for listening, and back Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. All right, rant 
Army. Welcome back. It's down to eight songs, but only four can advance to our semifinals. In our Western Division, in bracket number one, we have Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. In the bracket number three position, we have from Sabotage, Megalomania. Coming in at number five position, we have War Pigs from the 1970 classic Paranoid. And coming in from Master Reality, number seven bracket position, we have Children of the Grave. Not to be outdone, we have our Eastern Division. Coming in at the number two bracket position, we have Snowblind from Volume 4. Coming in at number four position, we have Never Say Die from Never Say Die. And from Technical Ecstasy, we have All Moving Parts Stand Still, Standing Tall in the number six position. And coming in at the number eight position, we have NIB from the debut album that started it all, Black Sabbath. So our first matchup will have, from our Western Division, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath versus Megalomania. And I'm going to have Fat Tony start this out with two minutes on the clock. What is your choice between Sabbath Bloody Sabbath and Megalomania? Three Two, one, go. I hate to do this because it wasn't my choice, but Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, in comparison to Megalomania, it's more <laughs> iconic. The vocals, the range of the song, again, Megalomania is, is a good, doomy, still kind of funky song, but Sabbath fucking Bloody Sabbath, it, it's, one of, it's their, one of their heavy hitters. I mean, it's hard to vote against it with a song like Megalomania, which is more of a deep cut. All right, fair enough. All right, coming in with two minutes, Scott. Three, two, one, go. I won't need two minutes. I Sad Boy Sabbath is like one of my top three Aussie songs, or Sabbath songs of all time, or even with Aussie, probably. Um, love Megalomania. Great song. A lot going for it. But Sad Boy Sabbath, again, is like five songs in one, and every single one of them are heavy. is a great song in itself. So Sad Boy Sabbath, hands down. Alright, I got two minutes on the clock. Not that it's going to be fucking necessary. <laughs> Three, two, one. Sabbath, bloody Sabbath Unanimous. is one of the greatest songs of Black Sabbath's catalog. There's a lot more going on there uh, from production to vocals, drums, uh, guitar, uh, across the board. I love Megalomania and Gun to My Head. Like, if I just wanted to hear a song for the hearing, hearing a song, it might be Megalomania. But as far as like important Black Sabbath songs, ones that are going to stand the test of time, it's got to be Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. So coming in at the bracket position, winning our uh, division round, we have Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath progressing. All right. Our next uh, coming in, our first matchup from the Eastern Division, we're going to have Snowblind versus Never Say Die. And with two minutes on the clock, I'm going to start out. Three, two, one, go. All right, this is a hard choice. Both of these songs are fucking great. There's there's no denying that these are songs that have been and will stay in the heavy rotation of the Sabbath catalog, but I'm going to go with Snowblind. The riff is more iconic. The uh, vocal line of Ozzy screaming cocaine live is more iconic than anything in Never Say Die. Never Say Die is a great song, but it's one that, like, to be honest with you, if they eliminated from the fucking set list, I wouldn't miss it. But if they if they didn't play Snowblind, I might be kind of unhappy. And it's, <laughs> it's a song that is going to uh, change people's minds about the band. It's a song that if you put it on and you said, 
Well, I don't have a misconception about Black Sabbath. Okay, well, check this fucking song out. Let it nail your fucking balls to the fucking ground with that sonic riff and Ozzy screaming cocaine just can't be fucking beat. All right. Wow. All right, with two minutes on the clock, three, two, one, go. Okay, I'm going to go Snowblind. I mean, again, it wasn't my pick. But you stack it up against Never Say Die, which, again, I said I love. It's a good get-up-and-go song, motivating. Snowblind fucking just hammers it into the fucking ground. I mean, and you know, as the only one here who has done cocaine, you know, I've got to say. Oh, allegedly? No. Allegedly. See, I'll I'll just say it. I've done it. (laughs) Uh, No, it's it. Besides cocaine, you know, it's just a great fucking song, man. Snowblind. All right. Well, <clears throat> not that it matters. Not that. Well, let's <laughs> we let's still see. Let's, let's, let's see. It. Two minutes on the clock. Uh, three, two, one, go. Let's see how well your argument. To see if it can sway either one of us. There's not gonna be a damn argument. I voted for Snowblind to begin with. Right, well, there you go. Okay. There you go. I'm sorry. Like, never say die is just way too overproduced for my liking to begin with. Snowblind still had a raw fucking hipster. It. <laughs> it was fuck you. No, I'm still my favorite band. Oh, talk about production quality. Oh, God. <laughs> it is damn overproduced. It's like, I it's like those fucking we'll talk about the people in the 90s. I don't like Nirvana's. Never mind. It's too overproduced. It's the best Nirvana sucks. Huh? Nirvana sucks. I, I won't argue. I, I don't agree. Just, I don't hate them. <laughs> but like Soundgarden, no, I don't like you know, Super Unknown is too produced. No, if, I'll change oh, Allison Chains is We fucking, said that last fucking, episode. Fucking fantastic. Best grunge band ever. I, mean, I don't even consider them a grunge band. They're too, they're too fucking good to be a grunge band. And not to get on a well, fucking really entirely different yeah, But if Kurt Cobain had been a, as good a guitar player as he was a shot, then, then maybe <laughs> I would have been... But no, I don't regret what I just said, and I'm not drunk anymore. I'm not either. <laughs> oh, yeah, we drank. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, so, I think it's a unanimous. Yeah, Snowblind oh, is progressing uh, in the in our next bracket. All right, back over to the West. Now, this is going to be one that is going to be a hard oh. hitter. War Pigs oh. from Paranoid oh. versus Children no. of the Grave no. from the... <sighs> Uh, just, awesome master of reality. Can All right. just take a minute? I don't. I I need to breathe. All right. Well, you. I'll give you a chance uh, to breathe. But going up first, uh, I'll lay lay this on uh, Fat Tony. Oh. And hold on. Let me get my uh, three, two, one, go. I'm going Children of the Grave. This is such a hard choice. This literally is like you know picking your favorite amongst your kids. War Pigs, iconic, great war protest song. Children of the Grave, also, at the same token, a great protest of war, nuclear, you know, powers, but the fucking just brutal, like, this, this is the song, this is the song that made heavy metal, heavy metal. This is it, Children of the Grave. All right, Scott, I'm going to put two minutes up on the clock in three, two, one, go. I gotta, uh, I gotta go with my heart. I'm gonna choose War Pigs for one simple reason. Before my son could talk, at the very end of that song, his little chant part or whatever, Cass would sing that part. And before he could say a word, him being able to sing with Ozzy was incredible to me. And that sticks in my head. So for that alone, and the fact that like I can't choose these two, it's this is probably the hardest one out of this entire game right now. 
But I'm choosing War Pigs because of that one memory. It's pure. Alright, with two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Alright. My argument, and then this is fucking hard, because I would bend over backwards for either one of these songs. And I have to say, one of my greatest memories ever was seeing War Pigs, Zach Sabbath, with fucking Zach coming through the crowd, like right in fucking front of me, just like fucking noodling on the thing. But I'm going to have to choose Children of the Grave for one reason. In War Pigs, Ozzy rhymes fucking masses with masses and for if no other sin that disqualifies this from progressing into the next round so with that in mind i have to choose children of the grave i have to say brandon also at that concert was really tempted to hit zach wilde just for no reason just because he was so close it was i couldn't help it it was just like this it was the devil inside me like do it you'll be infamous he would have fucking killed me, by the he way. He would have destroyed you. He would have fucking destroyed me. But it would have been like the situation. Like, I had a chance to meet fucking um, uh, Gary Busey several years ago. And I didn't because for a chain of events, he didn't end up appearing. But I had this idea in my head. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going to get him to autograph or I'm going to get him to attempt to autograph a Nick Nolte picture because I'm going to become fucking internet famous because he will beat the fuck out of me. I will literally rip out your endocrine system. So with that in mind... Does anybody want to change their pick based off of arguments for War Pigs versus Children of the Grave? No. Consensus wins, so you guys win. I mean, I get your memory. Your memory's super sweet. I totally go with it. It's like... If I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. Fuck you, Cass. (laughs) Little piece of shit. I missed the dog. I loved him way more. Luna's awesome. Cass, listen to this. How old is this child? Cass is seven. Bastard. <laughs> I love you, Cass. You know I fucking love you, you little shithead. You taught them both how to walk. I, I did, because I'm a better parent than you <laughs> are. Apparently, he is. I kept him alive. He taught me to do stuff. All right. Um, I, I don't know how, how necessary this argument this is, is going to be. Coming in from Technical Ecstasy. We have All Moving Parts Stand Still versus the heavy hitter from 1970, the debut album, NIB. Starting us out, Scott, what is your pick? Two minutes on the clock. Again, three, two, one, go. Time Stand Still by Rush. It's a great song. I love <laughs> keep. Oh, sorry. NIB, This is. there's no reason yeah. to even go over this. This is just time filler. Okay, there we go. Boom. <laughs> All right, resetting the clock. Two minutes, three, two, one, <laughs> go. It's fucking NIB. I can't argue that the, the first Black Sabbath album is uh, worse than the seventh one. There's no one who would make that argument. NIB, to me, encompasses everything that is great about Black Sabbath. And I won't talk shit about All, all Moving Parts Stand Still. I think it's a truly great song. But it's not NIB. Every every facet you strip if you were to take and put NIB in the mixing board and you were to take the drums out, it's still a top five song. Take the, the vocals out, still a top five song, and on down the line. You can destruct that song and just the pure components of it outweigh a lot of other great songs in anybody's catalog. So that's oh, my pick, NIB for the win. That was the prettiest thing I've ever heard him say. Well, thank you. Two minutes on the clock. 
Three, two, one, go, Tony. I love Brandon being a slave to his format. He's a, there's no need for it. It's NIB. NIB <laughs> made fucking heavy metal. Black Sabbath, the original album, made fucking heavy metal. It is iconic. It is just, it's sexy. All Moving Parts Stand Still is barely a Black Sabbath song. That's when they're so far away from the roots, so fucked up with drugs and success in the business that, you know, it's a song. I don't hate it. It's a good song, but like it's It's better than anything Bachman Turner Overdrive ever did. Oh you yes. watch your whore mouth. <laughs> I mean, the worst Black Sabbath song's better than most bands' best song, but yeah, NIB. Alright. The the votes have it. Progressing into our next round, we have from Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, we have Sabbath Bloody Sabbath going up against another incredible heavy hitter from 1971, Children of the Grave from Mass Reality. Oh. And in our Eastern Division, we have from Volume 4, Snowblind going against NIB from 1970. Oh my God, guys, things are getting real. And in the midst of this bloody heavy metal war, only four are left standing as we move into our semifinals of Heavy Metal Marsh Madness. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. I'm sweating. Come on now to Mask by Lance. Premium Friday the 13th custom made hockey mask. Down there in Tennessee by Lance McKinney. Find him on Facebook and Instagram over at Mask by Lance. Go order one now, boy. Welcome back, headbangers. It's down to the top four, but only two can advance to the finals of Heavy Metal March Madness. From our Eastern Division, we have Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, going up against the Titan from Master Reality 1971's Children of the Grave. And in our Western Division, we have from Volume 4, Snowblind, going up against the Anthem from the original debut album, 1970's NIB. With that in mind, we're going to start with our Western Division. Snowblind versus NIB. Two minutes on the clock. Fat Tony, you have the unfortunate task of picking between two of the greatest Black Sabbath songs ever in three, two, one, go. I mean, this feels like kicking puppies, but it's no contest. NIB. You think Black Sabbath. You think in a, you don't think Snowblind. You don't think oh a, a funky little rock number about cocaine. You think evil. You think the devil. You think that fucking baseline. You don't think. That's super nice. <laughs> You're still correct. You don't uh, think that. You don't think anything. <laughs> I mean, you think fucking Nativity in Black. Snowblind is a great metal song. It's a great Sabbath song, but it it doesn't bleed and ooze just doom and awesomeness like NIB. It's a neutered song comparatively. Okay. I'm resetting the clock. I'm attempting to. All right. Snowblind versus NIB. I'm going to go up next in three, two, one, go. There's great Black Sabbath songs, and then there's the 
Black Sabbath song. And as much as this absolutely pains me, because Snowblind is uh, among my favorite, not just Sabbath songs, but my favorite songs of any musical genre. It's one of the first songs I ever learned how to play on guitar back when I was a wee baby. Back in, you know, in 1995, 1996. But tasked with deciding the best Black Sabbath song between these two, NIB wins out simply on the fact that it encapsulates everything the band fucking stands for. It's romantic, it's dark, it's gloomy, it's evil without embracing evil. It's it's a warning with still flirting with the darkness. It's it's every possible positive thing you could say about heavy metal because it bucks the trend while also embracing it because the satanic panic movement of the 80s and you had bands like Venom and and uh, Merciful Fate which I fucking love you King Diamond who just embraced the the demonic full bore but Black Sabbath they presented it but they never fucking you know were like oh yeah we worship the devil blah, 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 666 they 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 flirted with the devil but they never fully embraced it and that ambiguity gives them enough to where modern America and modern America of the time and, and you know and the modern America of modern America and all around the world could embrace this as a great song rather than just a great heavy metal song. Scott, I'm putting two minutes up on the clock. Snowblind NIB, what's your choice in three, two, one, go. I feel really bad because if Snowblind would have went against basically anything else, it might have stood a chance up to this point, but as a bass player, one of the first riffs other than like Peace Cells I really wanted to learn was Oh yeah! It's just, it that bass solo at the beginning that he whips out, I fucking, oh! It is quintessential. It's the song that made me want to pick up and play a bass. Okay, so I love you, Snowblind, but you're out. I think that's pretty definitive. Progressing from our Western Division, we have a champion of our semifinals moving oh. into the finals from 1970, NIB. So this leaves us with the awful task of deciding our Eastern Division, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath against Children of the grave, and I will start us out in three, two, one, go. Fuck. <laughs> I'm so glad you went first. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say children of the grave by fucking cunt here simply because my day job, I work in a haunted house, and there's on the rarest of occasion that I get to play like Contemporary music that is not, you know, fucking uh, Midnight Syndicate, like, you know, orchestral moody kind of stuff during our October shows. And every chance I have ever gotten, I've ever been given to create a playlist for our outside to get people fucking hyped to come in our haunted house. It's been Children of the Grave without reservation every time I have done it. And that's not been conscious 
that's inborn on my fucking DNA that it just has to be. It's a song that puts you in the mood, and yet again, it flirts with the fucking, you know, the demonic and the, the, the symbolism you can take in a lot of different directions. It's got that great anti-war message, but if you took it at just face value, this is a song about fucking kids being irradiated from nuclear war. What is more metal than children being irradiated from nuclear war? Scott, put yourself in the headspace of your children being irradiated from nuclear war! It fucking rules! The guitar solo, the fucking intro, the bass line, the drums, that weird percussive thing, every single possible facet of Children of the Grave is amazing, and it is my pick. Alright, Tony, with two minutes, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, Children of the Grave, watch your choice in three, two, one, go. This was an easy choice for me. It's Children of the Grave. Sabbath Bloody Sabbath's a great song, but you know, it has that nobody, you know, the easy parts. Children of the Grave, I think, lays the foundations for a lot of thrash metal and chunky, just old school metal. It just is, is my favorite subgenre of metal. It's the granddaddy of it. It's fucking just, it kicks your ass. It builds, it kicks your ass, it says fuck you, and it leaves. It is fucking amazing. Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, does, it's it's not fighting in its weight class. It can't go up against the heavyweight that is Children of the Grave. <clears throat> mm. All right, the champion of our Eastern Division has been decided. It's 1971's Master Reality Juggernaut, known as Children of the Grave. I didn't have to say anything. Yes! <laughs> I mean, you want to pick Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and get smacked? The only thing I was going to say is how I kept alluding to that Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath is like several songs in one. Well, Children of the Grave is that one perfect song. Yeah. Because Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath has a lot of, a lot of riffs, and there's a good story behind it and stuff, but Children of the Grave is just a... That damn song is solid. It's it's perfect. And, and You don't need to worry about the riff. Or the drums, there's nothing you can change about it to make it better because you can't there, make it better. There is no argument that either one of you could make that would change my vote. Yeah. Not. <laughs> I love both the songs, but yeah, definitely it's like you said, it's fighting every weight class. It's yeah. Uh, All right, guys. No. Coming no. up in our main event, no. we pit. Two titans of heavy metal, not only for this band, but for all time. We have from 1971, the Master of Reality masterpiece known as Children of the Grave, taking on 1970s original heavy metal devil-loving love song in N.I.B. This will declare an uncontested victor in 2021's Heavy Metal March Madness Tournament. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW Live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN.
This is it, Rant Army. The moment we have all been waiting for. Children of the Grave versus NIB to decide which Black Sabbath song reigns supreme and win 2021's Heavy Metal March Madness. This is our final round and only two songs stand tall. Two songs that define a band, but only one can progress and become the champion. Scott, you have the unfortunate no. task no. of being first up. Children of the Grave from 1971's Master of Reality going up against the heavy hitter from the debut album by Black Sabbath, NIB, in three, two, one, go. Master of Reality was my very first Sabbath album. I love it. I love every song on it. But NIB is my favorite Sabbath song of all time. And I knew if it came down to this one, that's why I didn't want to put it in the damn list. It, I'm very biased toward it. It's everything I love about Sabbath in one song. And like Brandon put earlier, like if you take away one single article from it, it doesn't change the song. That song is amazing. Every single bit of it is. So, NIB, hands down for me. I'm going to go up next in three, two, one. Either one of these songs would be fitting victors. I'm not going to take anything away from either one of them, and I could easily, uh, in vain, argue the, the, the flaws of either song, but let's just be honest, neither one of these songs have a flaw. Uh, if you want to be fucking as f- far out and flippant and uh, fucking useless about your argument as possible, you could argue that the album version of Children of the Grave has that really long outro, but that would be fucking pointless. Song versus song, these are both absolute heavy hitters and worthy of the crown that is Heavy Metal March Madness. But in my heart, there can only be one, just like Connor McLeod when he knocks the head off of the Kurgan in the movie Highlander. Sword to sword, head to head, NIB decapitates Children of the Grave and stands as the greatest Black Sabbath song. And gun to my head, probably in my top five favorite songs of all time, musical genre aside... So that's all I have to say. Fat Tony, I'm putting two minutes on the, up on the clock. Not that it's going to be necessary, but three, two, one, go. It's appropriate that I get the final word because I'll go ahead and cut cut through it. NIB is my choice. Children of the Grave, fucking masterpiece. NIB, like if I have to take Solitude out, it is my favorite song of all time for personal reasons. You discount that song... NIB is my favorite song of all time. There's no top five. There's no qualifiers except for the Solitude one. NIB is everything good about Sabbath. As Scott said, like Children of the Grave. I mean, it fucking, in my head, it invented the chunky heavy metal that I, I grew to love. Nativity and Blacks, it's just got, it's it's smooth. It's awesome. The bass line's amazing. The 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 lyrical 
masterpiece that it is, it was the hill I was going to die on when I came into this knowing that there, me and Brandon did this a decade ago, way drunker, <laughs> and came to the I almost had the same conclusion. I'm pretty sure we are also last two songs we debated was Children of the Gavin and I Beat. And there can really only be those two. And as he said, there can only be fucking one. And it is NIB. Q Princes of the Universe. <laughs> um, I, I didn't make this in my, my judgment. It's pointless now because our winner is NIB, uncontested. But just, just a point to put a pin in this discussion. Um, I seem to remember there being not one, but two tribute albums called Nativity in Black, oh, yeah. and, and with good reason. NIB is everything you could want out of a Black Sabbath song. Um, closing things up, um, uh, you guys got any takeaways from all this? Are there, are there any songs that you thought were going to get, make it further in the in the tournament that didn't? No, this is exactly, uh. as, as I said, I came in knowing that it's going to be these two going head-to-head, and it hurts. It, I, I personally, I really thought that War Pigs was going to uh, make it a little further, and I thought actually, uh, if it wouldn't be War Pigs, I thought that somebody would say Iron Man, and I should, I, I should have mm. known that us being uh, being jaded as we are, and, and Iron Man, one of the first like, seven songs I ever learned how to play, one of my all time favorite songs of of my childhood, if nothing else, and it's still one that if I hear on the radio, that I'm like, oh man. Crank that shit up. It's and the guitar center riff, though. It's one of those. Just, I, I'm surprised nobody went with that one. And honestly, I thought, like, I for half a second, I was like, like seven, and I'll be on two different albums, surely. Right? So I'll have that argument. And then if, I'll got here and I saw it in front of me. I was like, oh, God, no. If, if, if any song deserved, and, and fucking Children of the Grave is a fucking heavy hitter, but the song Black Sabbath changed music and if for no other reason it deserves a fucking asterisk as being yeah. kind of you know like an honorary mention in all of this there's a lot of these songs that I could have we could have chosen a second song and you're, we could have argued for the you're second having places talk, debating but Black Sabbath uh, songs is like having the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object who the fuck knows how that would end Hogan body slams Andre. Ah, damn it. Well, who's Hogan in this equation? He's who's Andre? Force and Andre. I don't know, man! I'm talking, I'm talking I'm about songs. I'm just saying, you're, 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 you're debating so, so many uh, things. But NIB, at the end of the day, that's the song I, I even said, told Brandon, I'm like, if the song I know is the best song, um, isn't it, I'm stabbing you both in the neck with a pencil. Show and he had shout, a pencil. Shout out, shout out to um, <clears throat> Scott's cousin, who uh, you you told Daddy. me you told me like that yeah. she did her own bracket she did I said and and this is the same conclusion that she came to and when was she, it? It, I'm pretty sure it was and when she and when she chose that I'm like well I mean that's pretty much how I think this is gonna go because oh. that's the decision that you and I came to before but adding a third person in the mix I was kind of yeah. interested to see like where's this going to go but if it had been anything other than Black Sabbath I'd be it totally was. This Sorry, anything other than NIB, I'd be flipping the table right now. This need, uh, Me too, I'd have stabbed you both in the neck with this pencil. <laughs> this needs to be Zach Wilde, Zach Sabbath playlist. This entire bracket. Oh, well, let's, oh, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's tweet him that. Uh, we fucking will. I'll tweet at him. Yeah. The whole thing. Like, hey, we did this, and, let's do it. And by the way, Zach, I apologize for wanting to hit you it was just uncontrollably. Because you're a magnetic personality. Have you never heard the story of when Alice Cooper met Elvis? 
And Elvis handed him a gun, and for half a second on Alice's shoulder, it said, shoot him. <laughs> and then the angel came on and said, you can't do it, it's Elvis. And then he got, they came again and went, wound him. Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. It's one no, of those I've things, never man. heard that story, but that's great. Listen, um, even if NIB hadn't won, uh, there, there's so many songs on this list that, that would have been fitting. And I want to know from you out there in the Rant Army, feel free to comment. Uh, let me know what your favorite Black Sabbath song is. Um, and as long as it isn't Swing the Chain, uh, yeah. I'll be willing to hear your arguments. <laughs> Good deal. Oh, our closing technical info, and then we'll uh, close this up for another month. Uh, I think it's going to wrap us up. Uh, We'll be back in April with our regular format with an in-depth movie retrospective. The Rants from the Black Lodge podcast can be found on a multitude of platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Podcasts. So please go give us a sub if you haven't already. You can find us on social media at Rants Black Lodge. So intervene, Tony. I do want to say, I told Brandon I was doing this. I know this is a different format than y'all are used to, a different thing, but Ozzy Osbourne starred in Little Nicky with Adam Sandler, who is in I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry with Dan Aykroyd, who is in Ghostbusters. You just got busted. I had to do it once. Uh, uh, thank you, Tony, for doing something that I failed to do. Not that it was applicable entirely no. for this, but I give you, you need familiarity. I, I give you kudos for uh, knocking it out of the park with our loyal but he fan pointed base. Out that motherfucker was in the 2016 Ghostbusters. Now, that you think of that. <laughs> uh, please feel to check us out on our homepage at JuicyKruger.com. And for the love of Cthulhu, please buy a t-shirt or a mug from our rants, or, or, I'm sorry, our web store at rantarmy.com. For Fat Tony and Fat Fuck Scott, this is Brandon A. Lane signing off. Till next month, Rant Army, keep marching.